All Rise, the Ashley Murphy murder trial with Frank Graney, a News Talk original podcast. A woman in her 20s has died following an assault in County Offaly. The incident happened along the Canal Bank at Cappenker in Tullamore at around four o'clock this afternoon. Breaking news, the arrest made on suspicion of murder of Ashling Murphy, the school teacher. Joseph Puska of Linali Grove, Mukla County Offaly, appeared before a special sitting of Tullamore District Court last night. On the afternoon of the 12th of January last year, Ashley Murphy, a 23-year-old school teacher, was killed along the banks of the Grand Canal in Tullamore. Josef Pushka, a Slovakian man who was living at Lenali Grove in Mukla County Offaly at the time, is on trial for her murder. He has pleaded not guilty. I'm Frank Graney, courts correspondent for News Talk, and I'm Ashling Moore, radio producer. I'll be in the central criminal court for every minute of the Ashley Murphy murder trial. And every evening we'll bring you a factual, accurate and balanced account of what the jury hears on any given day. And only what the jury hears. It's their job to decide on the facts of this case and they'll do so based only on the evidence presented to them at trial. This is All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. Welcome to episode 8. I am the murderer. And before we go on, just to say some of the evidence heard today may be distressing to some, so listener discretion is advised. So today the jurors heard Josef Pushka admitted to being the murderer. They heard he was upset and crying as he confessed from a hospital bed in Dublin two days after Ashling Murphy was killed in Tullamore. The trial was also told that he later told a detective that he cut her neck. Frank, lots of testimony heard again today. And before we get to the evidence in relation to Mr. Pushka's admissions, it might be worth going over how he ended up in hospital and how he came on the radar of the investigation team in Tullamore. Well, um, the jury has already heard evidence in relation to his admission to St. James's Hospital. Uh, This was the day after Ashling was murdered, the 13th of January last year. Um, We've heard from a number of paramedics and Gardaí who described getting a call out that morning and going into Mr. Pushka's father's apartment in Crumlin in Dublin, where Mr. Pushka was found in a bedroom uh, with apparent stab wounds to his stomach. Uh, From there, he was taken by ambulance to St. James's Hospital in Dublin 8. Two guards based in Blanchardstown, uh, Gartha Paul MacDonald and Gartha Connor Newman, uh, went to the hospital to speak with them because they were investigating a stabbing incident in uh, Blanchardstown and they wanted to speak to Mr. Pushka about that after becoming aware that he had been admitted to the hospital's emergency department. Uh, Gartha MacDonald, you may remember, gave evidence yesterday. We spoke about that on yesterday's uh, episode. And today we heard from Agartha Newman, who said that they got to St. James's Hospital a little after half past two that afternoon. Um, he spoke about the conversation that they had with Josef Pushka um, from his hospital bed. Uh, Mr. Pushka told them uh, that he got a lift from Offaly to um, a spot quite near Houston Station in Dublin. Um, from there, he said he got a taxi, paid the taxi driver in cash. He went to Blanchardstown. And this is all in relation to what he alleged had happened uh, on the uh, 12th of January last year. He said that he didn't know exactly where the taxi driver had dropped him off in Blanchardstown. Um, he said that he showed the driver an address on his phone. And when he was asked about that phone, if the guard that he could take a look at it, he told them that he had lost it. He said that maybe he lost it during an alleged assault that he claims took place when he stepped out of that taxi, an unprovoked attack. He said he was set upon immediately by 
two men. He claimed that he was stabbed. He was knocked to the ground. Um, he told the Gardaí when they asked him why he was going to Blanchardstown in the first place uh, that afternoon, he told them that he was going to meet a girl. He thought her name was Maria. Um, Gardaí Newman said that they were trying to find the location where he claimed that he was uh, attacked. Uh, Mr. Pushka, the only real detail he could give them in relation to that was that it was a, a kilometre or so from Main Street in Blanchardstown. He said that it was near a field, uh, near an apartment block. No other specifics or any greater detail was given by him at that point. Um, he just said that he had gotten out of that taxi and that he was attacked straight away. Uh, afterwards then, after he was allegedly attacked by these two men, he said that he went to his father's apartment in Crumlin, uh, but he said that he couldn't remember how he got there. Now, Gardner Newman was asked today um, if he noticed anything about Mr. Pushka's appearance in hospital. And he said, yes, that he had some very clear scratches on his hands. And he said they looked like briar marks or marks that he got from a hedge, perhaps. Uh, he said that he had similar scratches on his forehead. Um, he told the jury that um, his colleague, Gardner McDonald, took a photograph of scratches on one of his hands. We heard about that yesterday. And Gardner Newman said in relation to the account that that uh, Josef Pushka had given them about this supposed stabbing incident, uh, he said they were not satisfied with the answers that he gave them. Um, he said that he didn't give them a clear line of inquiry to work off. Um, they wanted to know who had brought him to Dublin. And he said that when, I suppose, they asked him for a bit more detail, they said that um, he, he winced in pain and that the alarm on his heart monitor went off. So they decided then that they went, they got a nurse to attend to the monitor and they decided then that they would leave and that they would return uh, to him when he was in better health. Um, Gardner Newman said that he knew there was more to the story, that there were holes in the story that Mr. Pushka had, had told them. He said that they had nothing to work off really. So after returning to Blanchettstown Garda Station later that day, they briefed their supervising officer on their interaction with Mr. Pushka. They yep. told him they didn't believe he was telling the truth. Yeah. And and that was a detective inspector, Shane McCartan, who is now attached to um, the DMR Control Centre. But back in January of last year, he was a detective sergeant attached to Blanchardstown and he gave evidence today. He was actually the one who tasked uh, Gartha MacDonald and Gartha Newman uh, to go and speak to um, Mr. Pushka, the alleged injured party um, at St. James's Hospital. And he said that after being briefed by them on their return to Blanchardstown Garda Station, he said it was clear uh, that lots of pieces of the jigsaw puzzle couldn't be put together. He said it just didn't add up and that when he looked at it and when he assessed it and when he spoke with his own uh, superiors, he concluded that information may be of material assistance to the team investigating the murder of Ashley Murphy. So at 20 to 7 that evening, he said that he made contact with Detective Sergeant David Scahill in Tullamore. Uh, that was by phone. He said that he had seen the photo that Gartha MacDonald had taken on his phone of the scratches on Yosef Pushka's left hand. He was trying to figure out what caused them. He considered um, if they'd been caused by a knife, but he said that it was obvious that they hadn't been, that uh, he, he felt that they were probably caused by sharp foliage or a bush or thorns of of some description. He sent that photo to uh, Detective Scahill. Um, he said that he was aware of the um, uh, murder of, of Ashley Murphy. He said that it had been widely reported in, in the media and that's why he made contact with Detective Scahill. And on the back of that then, the investigation team uh, working out of Tullamore Garda Station uh, decided to send two detectives to St. James's Hospital in Dublin. And again, 
This was the evening after Ashling had been murdered. And they were Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings and Detective Fergus Hogan, both of mm-hmm. whom were based in Burgarda Station, but were drafted in to help out with the investigation into Ashling's murder. Yeah, that's right. They were based in Burr, but they were assisting with the investigation. We heard that um, after Ashling was killed along the banks of the Grand Canal in Tullamore, it was um, all hands on deck. So one of the jobs that they were tasked with was to travel to St. James's Hospital in, in Dublin to speak with Yosef uh, Pushka. And in his evidence today, um, Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings said that he attended a case conference at Tullamore Garda Station. Uh, this was the day after the murder. And and again, one of the jobs that that he and uh, Detective Fergus Hogan were tasked with was was going up to to the hospital to speak with Yosef Pushka. He, he said that, you know, an, an SIO, a senior investigating officer, heads up any um, investigation and that members then are tasked with jobs and jobs could be anything like taking statements. They, he said that there might be 500 or 1,000 jobs on on a case like this. Um, they left Tullamore Garda Station then at eight o'clock in the evening, arrived at the hospital at quarter past nine, he said. Um, he said that Gartha MacDonald and Gartha Newman met them in the car park. They had um, a, a chat that lasted for maybe five to ten minutes. And they then went into the hospital hoping to speak to Mr. Pushka, but they became aware that he was either in theatre, um, um, having surgery or uh, possibly recovering after an operation. So they left, they went back to Tullamore. And the following day, then on the 14th of January last year, they again were tasked with going back up to uh, the hospital in the hope of speaking with uh, Mr. Pushka. They arrived just before noon that day. Um, They were directed to Bennett's ward uh, in the hospital. They went to the nurse's station. They were wearing plain clothes. They identified themselves. They asked to speak to Mr. Pushka. They were brought to his room. He was in room 22 in ward three, a six bed ward. Uh, he said there were three beds on the right hand side as he walked into that ward and Yosef Pushka um, was in the middle bed. He, at the time they walked in, was sitting on a chair. I described seeing a, a tube going into uh, his nose. He was awake, sitting up. He was alert. He could see scratches on his forehead, um, hands and face. And he told them that they were uh, investigating uh, Ashling's murder. Uh, Pushka told him that he had been stabbed three times in the stomach area. He pointed at uh, that area. Um, but the witness said that he appeared to be okay. He was conversing with them. He was awake. He did seem to be in, in pain and was was doing a bit of dry retching, he said, while, while sitting in the chair. They asked him if he was happy to speak to them. He said that he was. And they initially spoke in broken English. They then went back to the nurse's station. A decision was made to take him out of that mixed ward. Um, he was taken up to, wheeled up to a staff office for some privacy. The services of a translation company were then engaged again. Uh, Josef Pushka is from Slovakia. And this interpreter was put on loudspeaker so that he could translate as they were having this conversation. And the uh, detective, Sergeant Jennings, said that he took a note um, as they went along um, and that Mr. Pushka told him about the alleged knife attack. Um, he told him about what had happened when he went to Blanchestown. He told him how he was set upon by by these two um, um, uh, unknown men to him in a, in a location that they couldn't establish where exactly it was in Blanchestown. He said that he was asked about the bike, uh, about a bike, whether he had a bike and that Mr. Pushka told him uh, that his bike had been stolen from outside his house in Mukla. He described it as a medium sized black and green bike, uh, black at the back of the bike, green at the front. Um, he was asked about the handlebars. He said they were black, but he wasn't sure. And he was asked if he was cycling that bike in Tullamore the day before, to which Mr. Pushka replied no. Afterwards, 
He said, uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings, that is, said that he was told to stay within the confines of the hospital and to await further instructions. So that was um, his first conversation with Josef Pushka that afternoon. And later in the day then, Gardaí were granted a warrant to search uh, St. James's Hospital and that warrant also gave them legal authority to seize Josef Pushka's belongings. The jury heard Sergeant Pamela Nugent then took that warrant to the hospital where she met Detective Sergeant Jennings. That's right. That um, warrant was actually uh, secured in the building that we are we are in right now, the building where this um, trial has been taking place, um, the criminal courts of justice. So the search warrant was applied for, it was granted. And then, as you say, Sergeant Pamela Nugent um, travelled to St. James's Hospital to execute it. Um, she said that uh, they were also looking for um, a blood sample from uh, Josef Pushka. Um, she was brought up to the ward where he was the warrant was executed uh, we heard again Josef Pushka at this point was back in that six bed ward the um, nurse manager decided to move him to another room for privacy he was wheeled into uh, in his bed into a single room by hospital staff um, uh, Pamela Nugent followed him in uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings was also in that room uh, the interpreter services were engaged again this was just before half past six uh, in the evening. And Detective Sergeant Jennings was asked about Yosef Pushka's demeanour at this point. He said that he was awake and there was no longer a tube in his mouth. Uh, he wasn't attached to any monitors. He was lying in his bed. He was awake. He was alert, fully awake was what Detective Sergeant Jennings said, engaging with the interpreter on the phone, who again was on a loudspeaker. Um, Pamela Nugent, Sergeant Nugent had the warrant. They told him that they were seizing his phone and clothes. Uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings said that he was standing to the right hand side of the bed while Sergeant Nugent was between the bed and the door. The warrant was read to him. It was held up uh, to him. Uh, to see. And it was also explained to him in simple language what it was about to make sure that he understood what was what was going on. The murder in Tullamore of Ashley Murphy um, was specifically referenced on this war- warrant. And Detective Sergeant Jennings uh, told the jury today that he asked um, Josef Pushka if he had heard about it and that Josef Pushka said that he had and uh, that he had read it in a newspaper. And at that point, then he asked if he was a suspect. Josef Pushka asked the Gardaí if he was a suspect and Detective Jennings told him he was a person of interest. He said Josef Pushka then paused for a few seconds. He described it as a notable pause. And later in her evidence, uh, Sergeant Pamela Nugent, when she was talking about this pause, she said it lasted for a few moments that it was noticeable. And she got the impression that he was thinking he was looking back and forth at both of them. And he then spoke through his interpreter, who said that he wanted to make an official statement that he committed the murder. And in his evidence today, Detective Sergeant Jennings said, Mr. Puska then went on to say, I did it. I murdered. I am the murderer. And when he said that, what did the two sergeants do? Detective Sergeant Jennings cautioned him immediately. He told him that he was uh, not obliged to say anything unless he wished to do so, but that anything he did say will be taken down in writing and may be given in evidence. He said that he asked the interpreter if Mr. Pushka was saying that he commissioned the murderer. Um, He said yes. A solicitor was offered to him at that stage. Mr. Pushka didn't have a solicitor, but did want to speak to one. So arrangements were made um, uh, to make that happen. And Detective Sergeant Jennings pointed out that after he cautioned him, he was no longer in a position to ask him any questions, um, but that Mr. Pushka kept talking. And he said, the reason I didn't answer the question, 
And again, this was through the translator who was still on loudspeaker. And he said, the reason I am pleading guilty, I don't want anything bad to happen to my family. I feel guilty. I regret it. The notes that Detective Sergeant Jennings was taking down as Mr. Pushka was saying these things, making these admissions, were offered up to him to sign. Um, Detective Jennings accepted that he didn't read them back over to him, but he said that Mr. Pushka was watching him write down uh, the notes as he was talking. He reminded him that everything would be written down. He said that Mr. Pushka understood, that he nodded his head, and that he, he said that Mr. Pushka then asked the following when he said that he committed the murder, he said that he didn't do it intentionally. He asked, is my family safe? Will they be safe? And Detective Sergeant Jennings assured him that the police wouldn't harm his family. The exact note that he read out to the jury today was actually the police harm his family. Uh, but he pointed out that he had left a very crucial word out, the word won't. So he said the police won't harm his family. He said Yosef Pushka kept talking. Um, he was concerned that the family of the girl would harm his own family. Um, he would prefer if his um, address was not published. He queried if his name would be published in newspapers. He reiterated how sorry he was, uh, how he regretted it. Again, he said he didn't do it intentionally. And Detective Sergeant Jennings said that he confirmed that her family were good people, uh, that they wouldn't harm his family. Um, again, they were looking for a solicitor at that point. So Detective Sergeant Jennings said he, he couldn't ask any questions. He just took down notes of what Mr. Pushka was saying. Um, he left the room then at this stage, Detective Sergeant Jennings, that, that is. Uh, before he did, he described Mr. Pushka as being concerned for himself, showing remorse. He said he was upset. He was crying in the in the bed. The interpreter was upset too. He could hear him crying on the other end of the phone. And under cross-examination by Mr. Pushka's barrister today, Michael Bowman, uh, he was asked uh, what Mr. Pushka's status was at that point. And Detective Sergeant Jennings said that in his mind, he was a person of interest. And Michael Bowman said that that was curious because he said that the senior investigating officer, Superintendent Pat O'Callaghan, uh, kept notes of, of the jobs that were being dished out in the incident room at Tullamore Garda Station. And he said that on the 13th of January, and again, this was the day after uh, Ashling's murder, that Superintendent O'Callaghan's notes said members were sent to the hospital to see what the suspect looks like. And when that was put to Detective Jennings, he said that he couldn't speak for Superintendent O'Callaghan. Um, Michael Bowman said it's clear that the SIO was referring to Yosef Pushka as a suspect at that point. And Detective Sergeant Jennings said maybe they had further information than he had. Uh, as far as he was concerned, he was just looking for an account of Yosef Pushka's movements uh, on the day that Ashley was killed, the 12th of January last year. He was asked if Mr. Pushka was in discomfort or any pain when he was making these admissions. And he said no, but he said that he was very upset. The jurors also heard from Sergeant Pamela Nugent, who gave evidence of executing the search warrant at the hospital. And she listed the items belonging to Mr. Pushka that were seized. A grey Nokia phone, a yellow plastic bag with his name on a tag that had a knot on the top, a shopping bag with a Santa Claus picture on the outside. There appeared to be clothes inside that and a clear plastic wallet with a Slovakian ID and COVID cert. She was in the room when Mr. Pushka made those admissions and she described him as very calm and engaging with them at all times. And that after he made that statement, she said that she left the call she left to call the instant room about what she described as this breakthrough. So what happened next? 
well, yeah, she she went to call the incident room, as you say, and and also she sent about um, going to the um, hospital's lab to retrieve uh, a blood sample as per the search warrant um, that was executed earlier on the uh, nurse manager that was on duty at the hospital at the time. At 6.37 p.m. then, we heard Detective Garda Fergus Hogan and again, he was the the Garda who was tasked alongside uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings to travel to St. James's Hospital to speak with Yosef Pushka. So Detective Garda Hogan said that at 6.37 p.m., he got a phone call from um, Detective Sergeant Jennings um, instructing him to call to the room where they had been talking to uh, Mr. Pushka in. He said that when he went in, uh, uh, Sergeant Jennings was there, so too was uh, Sergeant Nugent, but that they left and that he was on his own when Yosef Pushka started talking to him. And he referred to his notes, the notes that he took about this conversation, but he said that he didn't ask Mr. Pushka any questions whatsoever. At any point, did you ask him any questions he was asked? And he said, no. He said, I just wrote down what he was saying. And then he read out the notes that he had taken in relation to what Mr. Pushka said. And he said that Mr. Pushka said, I'm sorry, I'm family, five kids, I see girl I never see before. I have knife. I have use for chain. And at this point, um, Garda Hogan, Detective Hogan, uh, said that he told Yosef that he didn't have to tell him anything, but that Yosef continued. He told him that they were going to contact a solicitor for him, um, but that Yosef again continued. He said, I tell her, go. I won't hurt you. When she passed, I cut her. I cut her neck. She panic. I panic. Detective Hogan then said Mr. Pushka put his fingers on his lips to show him how he showed her to be quiet and that he then said, she panic, I panic, and then it happened. And that he asked, will I go for 10 years? And Detective Hogan told him that he couldn't answer that question. He said that Yosef Pushka asked him, was he there already that day? He said that he was uh, with his colleague Brian. Um, He said that Yosef Pushka asked him, will you talk with me? That's not a decision for today. He said, we just want to make sure that you're okay for now. And he said that at one point, Mr. Pushka pointed to his stomach and said, I do this. Detective Sergeant Jennings, then we heard, uh, entered the room and beckoned uh, his colleague, Detective Hogan, out. Uh, Detective Hogan said, Mr. Pushka volunteered all of this uh, to him. He said again that he didn't ask any questions of him. He was asked about Mr. Pushka's demeanour during this conversation. He said that he was upset. He was crying. Um, The translator was not on the phone at this point, I should say. Uh, Detective Hogan said that um, uh, Mr. Pushka's English was good enough, good enough that he could understand what he was saying. And under cross-examination then, uh, Michael Bowman, on behalf of Mr. Pushka, asked him if he had been given any specific directions as to what he should ask Mr. Pushka when they were sent up to St. James's Hospital to speak to him. And he said no, uh, no specifics as far as he knew, no specific questions or or areas to cover. He too was asked about um, his understanding of Mr. Pushka's status at this stage. And Detective Hogan said that as far as he was concerned, uh, he was a person of interest. That's how he would have described him. Uh, he said that he didn't appear to be in any physical distress or discomfort, didn't appear to be in any pain. He was in better shape than when they spoke to him earlier that afternoon. He was asked if his condition deteriorated uh, while he was in the room with him. He said no. Um, it was mentioned that he was post-operative at this point, Yosef Pushka having had that surgery the previous evening. And he was asked if Mr. Pushka seemed confused uh, when he was speaking to him. And he said no. He said, he didn't appear to be confused 
uh, to me. The prosecuting barrister, Anne-Marie Lawler, then asked him a final question before Detective Hogan got down off the witness box. And she asked if in the room while he was there with Josef Pushka, if he, Detective Hogan, knew at that stage how Ashley Murphy had been killed. And he said, no, you had not been told of her injuries. She asked, no, I had not, was his reply. That's it for episode eight of All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. The jurors will hear from more witnesses when they return to court at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm Frank Graney, court's correspondent for News Talk. I'll be in court every day. You can follow me on X at Frank Graney for updates. And make sure you follow this podcast, All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial, for an impartial and comprehensive account of what happens in court on any given day. All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial was hosted by Frank Graney and Ashling Moore with sound design by Lachlan Hart. Follow the podcast on Newstalk.com on the Newstalk app, powered by Go Loud, or wherever you get your podcasts.